Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where I bring you what's new in research, what's hot in the news, or any cutting-edge topic that's going to help you lose weight, be healthier, and feel younger, longer, living a good life. That's all we have after all. If you're lean and healthy and feel young, you can bring your best to life. So let's get at it. So today, I want to talk just a little bit more about my experience with the continuous glucose monitor, a GCM. It's a small little disc you apply to the back of your upper arm, and it takes a continuous reading of your blood sugar. This is great because it gives you spontaneous, instantaneous feedback on what you're eating and how that's affecting your blood sugar. So in the past, only diabetics would measure their blood sugar, and usually only about once a day. And that's like chasing the rabbit after it got out of the cage. You really have no idea what's causing anything, and I guess it's better than nothing, but certainly not ideal. So why would you want to know immediately? Well, first of all, diabetes is on the rise. And according to a study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, one in two Americans has or is at risk for having diabetes. And a third of those with diabetes are not even aware they have it. This is a biggie for someone, everyone who's concerned about the generations to come, how horrible our kids are eating, You know, diabetes among children has skyrocketed over the last few years. Some estimates say it doubled during the pandemic. You know, you can blame sugar and the crazy amount of simple carbs people are eating all the time while they sit and they're inactive all day long. I mean, look at the school breakfast and and what we feed our kids in the lunch menu for local schools. You'll see what I mean. It's like cheap cereal and pancakes for breakfast. Pizzas on the menu about every day for lunch. Hot dogs. You know, and kids are kids. They're going to choose what appeals to those taste buds. And it really is the job of adults to help them learn to choose better. If the adults even know what to eat, you know? I mean, most of us were raised on cereal. Good old Kellogg's brought that to us. It's horrible. You know, those extruded cereals are not good, healthy foods. They cause spikes in blood sugar. And if you don't believe me, try it. You know, and if kids get diabetes, the kind we now call type 2, that's purely lifestyle-driven. And it not been too long ago that we called it adult-onset diabetes. But we had to change it. You know, it used to be it was only overweight grandma when she was older got it. But now we had to rename it because it was happening to kids when they were like 11 and 14 because they're heavier and, and what they're eating. But if kids get diabetes because of their diet and lack of exercise, lifelong effects are going to be horrible. Diabetes or high blood sugar is damaging to all the cells, over time especially. And whenever blood sugar gets over 140, even for a little bit, it's attaching to cells causing damage. Blood vessels in the heart, in the eyes, in the kidney, in the, well, everywhere, in the nerves, all of them are damaged. If it happens to grandma when she's 80, that's one thing. But if it happens to Tommy when he's 14, well, you can see the permanent damage it can cause. He's going to be going to specialists for all sorts of different problems because of his blood sugar 
what that has caused in his whole life. And it's shortened, and the quality of it isn't good. Eye specialist, kidney specialist, you know, blood pressure, all of those, all because of the bad choices he was allowed to make. Now, a continuous glucose monitor is going to help anybody see how blood sugar is affected by the foods you choose immediately. Now, that's great also if it measure insulin. That's the hormone that's released from the pancreas to bring down the blood sugar. Because if someone continues to eat sugars and refined or starchy carbs, that insulin over time is going to be less and less effective because it's going to go higher and higher. That's called insulin resistance. That's another problem caused from the high sugar and starch diets. Insulin resistance It causes everything. It's related to all the common diseases of today, cancer of the colon and breast and other cancers, fatty liver disease, gallbladder disease, pancreas problems, digestive problems, and of course, diabetes, but also what's called type 3 diabetes, that's dementia, autoimmune disorders, heart disease, cholesterol, eye disease, kidney disease. You know, it's really the devil with horns, (laughs) you know. I do see it as the source of all the problems that we deal with day in and day out. That's why I talk about it so much, because it's really nasty. The high-carb sugar and starch diet is better tolerated if you're super active, like if you're walking behind a plow all day, or if you're training for the Olympics or exercising vigorously every day. You know, but if you're the average American, yeah, you know, we really got to look at it. For me... I developed insulin resistance when I was eight or nine. I was like the canary in the mine shaft. That's kind of what I do, why I do what I do. You know, I'd been on long-term antibiotics for some mysterious infection they couldn't get a handle on. In fact, I was dairy sensitive. That's what caused it all. But then I was a bread and sugarholic forever. Didn't eat any vegetables. I, you know, all sorts of issues as a teenager. And then PCOS when I was 17. Now, mind you, insulin resistance was first written about in the 1930s, but not really researched till the 80s. So when I overcame my insulin resistance with diet and lifestyle in my early 20s, I was figuring it out with the first researchers. You know, it's all about diet and lifestyle. I had to figure it out for myself. Nobody was there to help. A lower sugar and starch diet, lots of vegetables and fiber, you know, Limited fruit, good healthy fats, you know, it's the basic lower-carb Mediterranean diet. And the Mediterranean diet, not pasta. Heck no, that is not the Mediterranean diet, even though we think of it like that. Italian food is like pasta, right? That's not the Mediterranean diet. So anyway, back to the continuous glucose monitor. I go to lots of health conferences. And a few years ago, I started to see these GCMs on doctors and nutritionists, nutrition specialists, their arms. And we talked about it. And, you know, they were using it at their weight loss clinic, some in general practice. A lot of them were just using it for their own health. So a couple months ago, I decided to try it for myself. I use the NutriSense, but there are others. All the labs have them. Many times insurance companies are going to pay. They didn't for me, but rather expensive. But I wanted to do some experiments to prove what I knew. Normally, I stick to a pretty low-carb, low-sugar, low-starch diet, lots of vegetables, and my blood work is fantastic. Even my insulin levels are great. But I wanted to challenge a few things, so I ordered one. took me a while to use it. 
you know, I knew there was a needle involved, and I'm one of those that has to look the other way and think of palm trees and ocean breezes when I get my blood work done. You know, I might have carried it around a couple weeks, but finally I got the nerve up to apply it to the back of my arm. Honestly, it was no big deal. I didn't even feel it. So then you put a little adhesive circle on it to protect it from getting bumped off. You know, when you swim, shower, otherwise would make it come off. So anyway, I I was so glad I did my challenge. I had already figured out for myself what the best diet was, but we're all a little bit different. We all respond to carbs differently depending on stress and sleep and our muscle mass and our exercise routines, maybe a little bit of genetics, but really... It is about diet and lifestyle. Genetics, maybe 1%. So because everyone's a little unique and we respond to foods differently, it's a great learning tool and maybe helpful on a weight loss journey because elevated blood sugar and high insulin are the fundamental cause of the obesity epidemic. A lot of it's about brain chemistry what you eat and when you eat. The cells in your brain sense changes in blood glucose, and that's going to alter alter your appetite accordingly. Swings in your blood sugar can make you hungry, make you more likely to overeat. When your blood sugar stays stable, your brain sends satiety signals and reduces hunger levels. I saw this firsthand in a few of my challenges. You know, so after a few days of my normal eating, I was able to see I normally run about 80, have a meal, and I'd gently bump up 20 points, come back down. I started the challenges. Now, I don't normally eat like this, and I do not recommend eating like this, but my first challenge was simply bread, butter, and jelly. And, you know, whoa, what a spike. 157, I think it was, it was. You know, makes me wonder what we're doing when we give kids bagels for breakfast with juice and milk and then top it off with a couple gummy vitamins. You know, when blood sugar spikes, it then plummets. And this robs the brain and body of the energy it needs. No wonder it's hard to keep kids' attention, let alone expect them to learn and remember. And our seniors who have toast and coffee for breakfast, no wonder they have memory issues. Remember, Dementia is being called type 3 diabetes. You know, it's not 100% accurate, but I'm going with it because it says what we want people to know. So at any age, school age, middle age, senior age, we want to prevent spikes. Another challenge I did, potato chips, of course, natural ones. And, you know, I saw another spike. One of the observations I saw whenever it spiked it, I was truly hungrier all day. I thought about food a lot. I wanted to prowl the kitchen in between meals. I wasn't satisfied. That is a hallmark sign of insulin dysregulation. Also messes with the two newer hormones, leptin and ghrelin, that control your hunger. So you see, a high-carbo diet really can mess with your brain and body chemistry. Another thing I noticed was how sleep affected my average blood sugar. If you cut short sleep, blood sugar and appetite go higher. You know, when you eat high glycemic foods, your blood sugar spikes, then dips. Do this several times a day, you're going to have energy problems. From the journal Appetite, also a clinical trial stated, emerging evidence suggests a positive association of diet and obesity with depression. Researchers examined the extent to which carbohydrates may impact mood and a strong correlation to high-carb 
and depression. Frankly, as a kid and teenager, when I was super addicted to bread and sugar, I can tell you it makes me made me feel yuck mood-wise. I remember going on uh, the Atkins diet with the guidance counselors when I was in high school, Joan Schwartz and Maxine Steeman. You know, I felt great. And I went to my family doctor for a regular checkup, and I told him, I think I have hypoglycemia because when I eat this, I feel bad. And he'd laughed at me, and he says, oh, only diabetics get hypoglycemia. But I asked him why when I ate one way, I felt like laying on the couch, and I ate the other way, I felt great. He just looked at me and shrugged. We learn. I listened to my body, and I learned from it early on. And I tell you, that's what you need to do, even if it's just a whisper. You know, I wonder why we don't do diet therapy first rather than antidepressants and anti-anxiety mess. We are not deficient in drugs. We need, need to figure out what is causing the body to be out of balance. So, you know, there's there's a lot of other things. You know, the last day I did a trial after I done tons of exercise. And oh my gosh, I had a high carb meal, even a glass of wine, and it did nothing. Just a nice gentle rise and a gentle fall. That's the value of exercise. So the diet that the GCM recommends is the same thing I always recommend. You know, the carbs, you know, are going to be mostly vegetables and, and some fruits. Those are the ones you really want to load up on. You know, you got to avoid the simple carbs, like all the sugar and the, the candy and the honey and all that, and processed carbs like bread and, and pasta and crackers. And my peeve, even a whole grain is going to cause a bump. Good healthy fats, avoiding, you know, the omega-6, the sunflower, the safflower, the soybean and the corn oils, and you got to have adequate protein. All of those are really, really important. Food is truly our best medicine, and the closest to nature we get, the better. The farther away from it, the more processed it is, the worse it is for you. So if you get all your carbs from vegetables and fruits, I can just about guarantee you're never going to have insulin resistance or any of the conditions associated, especially the weight gain. And in closing, I just want to tell you about a new program I'm starting within the next few weeks. It's Weight Loss for Life 2.0. You know, I've done weight loss counseling for, gosh, 25 years Thousands of people have gone through my my original program, Weight Loss for Life. But now with the new research and what I've learned, I'm going back to do the best program ever to really help people where they are, 2.0. Be on the lookout. If you're interested, you can email me at info at debford.com. Thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope you learned something will help you or someone you love. As always, you can listen on iTunes as my podcast or go to my website, debford.com. It'll be there. Have a great day and remember to do something really good for yourself.